So I'm going to share with you an archaeological find. This find was found, I think, in 2018. It is a 2,700-year-old seal impression on clay that was unearthed in Yushalayim. And the inscription says, number one, Isaiah over here. And here there are three letters that says Nun Beis Yud. Nun Beis Yud, which means Navi. Navi, what happened and, and what went on? There was a professor, Elat Mazar, said it may have been the personal seal of Isaiah the prophet. Why? Because it was found near uh, to Hezekiah's seal, King Hezekiah. And we knew they lived in the same time. But it was damaged, and the second word is broken off after the three letters, Nun base Yud, or Nun Vav Yud, Navi. The fourth letter would have been an Aleph to make it a prophet, the prophet Isaiah, but we didn't have that. And so there's a machlokas between Mazar and Professor Alan Millard at Liverpool University, who was very skeptical, because... The word prophet would not have followed the personal name without the definite article, Ha-Navi. So if it belonged to the prophet, uh, this bulla should have read Yeshayahu Ha-Navi. Hey, Nun, Beis Yud. So th th there is a machlokis as to what it means. But that is my introduction to a long history of the etymology of the word Navi because it will affect the way we read a text and it affects it in a very profound way. And so if I look at this word in Jastro, if you can see it, the word Navi could come from the root Nun Yud base, which means to overflow, that which overflows. And that brings us to the Pasuk that I would like to share with you today. And that Pasuk comes from Isaiah, the biblical text, of Isaiah, and that biblical text says as follows. This is already at the end of Isaiah, chapter 57. And he said that we will build up a clear road and take away stumbling blocks from my people. For thus saith the Lord who dwells forever, lofty and holy do I dwell, and with him who is crushed and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of those crushed. For not at all times will I quarrel, and not forever will I rage, though a spirit grows faint before me, and the life breath, it is I who made it. For their crime of greed I raged, and I struck them, hiding as I raged, and they went astray in the heart of their heart. Their ways will I see and heal them, will guide them and grant comfort to them and their mourners. Now... This is in our liturgy. Bore nuv or niv sefatai shalom shalom l'rachok v'lakarov amar Adonai urafativ. It's a very enigmatic verse. Peace be to far and near, said the Lord, and I will heal him. Peace, peace to him. Shalom shalom l'rachok v'lakarov. From him is far and him is near, says the God and I will heal him. But what is those two words in the beginning? Nivsafatayim. The fruit of the lips. The fruit of the... What, what, the, what on earth does that mean, the fruit of the lips? 
Now let's go back to uh, the Jastro text and let's look again at that at that entry. So nivsapatayim. Do you see that the other word for niv is not just overflow, but niva, tusks, canine teeth. It is the upper lip that hangs over. It flows over the canine tip. Niv sepatayim, therefore, apparently means that which is speech, the, the, the lips that speak. The creator of the fruit of the lips. It's a poetic understanding of a literal word meaning the overhanging of the canine teeth, the lip. And, and so that pasuk, in a very poetic means, bore nifsepatayim, he who creates speech, he is the one that creates, articulates speech. He is the one that says, peace, peace to be to him that is far off and that is near. Whether you're wicked or thing, I'm now out of my rage and I'm going to heal him. And I, these healing words of peace. We're going to come back to this because it is used as a proof text. When God appoints Moshe as his emissary uh, to redeem the Jewish people in Exodus 7.1, it says, and, Mo and Moshe complains, he says, I'm, 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 uh, I'm of Arel Sephatayim, I am of circumcised lips, meaning I have a lisp, I am inarticulate, and God says, Aaron, your brother, will be your Navi. Now, that word can't be prophet. Navi usually means prophet. Navim are prophets. But in what way could Aaron be said to be Moshe's prophet? And the, the, in Bible, the word for prophet is Jose or Roe. So how does that differ from Navi? Now, Rashi, both in Exodus 7.1 and in Nehemiah 6.7, and his grandson, the Rashbam, connect the word Navi with the word Niv. Oh, our word, Niv. On the, on the phrase, Niv Sepatayim. Using this very, very pasuk, Rashi and Rajbam say that Aaron shall be a Niv, meaning Niv Sepatayim, meaning the fruit of the lips, meaning he will be your articulator. He will move his lips on your behalf before Pharaoh. And Rajbam further defines whom God calls a Navi as someone who is regularly with me and speaks my words, and I love his words and listen to his prayers. So according to this, the word Navi denotes he who has fruitful lips, lips in terms of prophecies and successful prayers. Nevertheless, Ibn Ezra, the grammarian, the medievalist, cautions us in his commentary and rejects Rashi's understanding. He explains that it's untenable to claim that the root of Navi is Nun Yud base, because every time the word Navi and its cognate appear in the Bible, there's always an Aleph. Nun base Yud Aleph. This suggests that the Aleph is part of the root, such that Navi's root is actually Nun Beit Aleph, not Nun Beit Yud. Okay. Now, Rav Shlomo Pappenheim he lived in Breslau in the 1700s. He says the root of the word Navi 
is actually the combination of Beit Aleph. Not Beit Yud, not Nun Beit Yud, Beit Aleph, which means to come or to bring. The job of the prophet is to bring. I thought that was very cute. So we come back to that archaeological dig in which the archaeologists haven't helped us. They only found, because the, the, the seal was broken, so we only had uh, Nun Beis. Okay. So with that in mind, with the biblical text in mind, let's go to a Gemara. And the Gemara says in Brochus, very famous, about the definition of a good shaliach tzibur, a good cantor. And the Gemara says as follows, Hamispalel, it starts with the Mishnah, Hamispalel v'to'or, someone who davens and makes a mistake, this is right in the beginning of Brochus, Simon Ralo, that's a bad omen. V'im shliach tzibur and if he's a shliach tzibur, ho-ho, Simon then it's a bad omen for those who he represents. He's a shaliach. So those who sent him on this shlichus, on this apostolic mission to represent them before the divine, for them too it's a simon ra. Why? Because there's a famous dictum in halacha that the shliach of a person is like himself. I can send a shliach to give a get. I can send a shliach to sell my chomets, I can send a shliach to make havdolah for me. Why? And so if he is like me and his tefillah, he, he's, he's non-fluent, ta'an, he, he stumbles. Sometimes we have ballet kriya who stumble, you know, they didn't do their homework and they make mistakes. Amru Allah al Rabbi Hanina Bendoso. And now we bring this very enigmatic story about an earlier Moira, Hanina Bendoso, Tana actually. Shehoyam is Palalachoilim. And he would go and visit uh, sick people. Vaoimer. And he would predict Zechai Vzemais. Wow. Even I don't go around doing that. This one's going to live. This one's going to die. Omrulo. So they said, How do you know? You can't look inside. You're not, a, you're, not a, you're not a walking MRI machine. How do you know? And look what he says. Im shkura tfilasi bapi. If my tfilah is shkura, fluent in my mouth, yodea anisha hu makubal then I know that the prayer will be, I'm praying for him. You should have a refuah shalema. And he would say, And if it was fluent, then he knew that it was accepted. And if not, I know that his prayer was rejected, meaning it's torn up. Or maybe, like Jacob said about Joseph, that he was maturaf, that he was torn apart by wild animals, meaning he'll die. What an enigmatic story. Why is it got, what's it got to do with the Mishnah? Why is the Mishnah bringing this Tana? It's trying to show us that Rabbi Hanina Bendoso was the ideal because his Tfilah was Shkurabapiv, because it was fluent and articulate, and the reverse will be true. Hamispalel Vitor, if you're inarticulate, 
it's a simon ra, and I'll tell you how come. Because Rabbi Hanin and Ben Dosa testified that if his tefillah was not shkura, then unfortunately the outcome would be very bad. Just look up that word shkura, and we're going to find a very surprising thing. What do we find? That the word shkura is the same word as niv. Niv meant to overflow. The lip overflows the upper canines. Shagar is to run, to flow, to be fluent, to speak without hesitation. And he quotes the Gemara in Shkurat Filasi. He's quoting Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa and the Tosefta there. To speak in the PL, to speak with fluency. Okay, we have now taken a little trip from archaeology of the word Niv, the, the most ancient witness we have to the text, 2,700 years, at the time of Hezekiah, so the time of Yeshayahu, early prophets, through the etymology of the word Niv, through the biblical text from Isaiah, chapter 57, 19, and now through to the Gomorrah and Brochus. So we have set the stage for the complexity of the history of the etymology of this word niv and shkura. And now let's bring it all together with a fascinating daigle. And the daigle says as follows on this week's parsha: He brings the notion from his grandfather about what davening is all about. And he says, Yesh leva'er perusha posuk, we need to understand the meaning of that verse in Isaiah. That tripart verse. What does it mean? What does it mean? And what does it mean? God says, I will heal. Three separate tripartite themes in one complex verse. He's going to bring them, smash them apart, and then reconstitute them according to the mysteries of Kabbalah. In Brochus, we learnt that in 34b. And the rabbi said, How do you know who's going to live and die? Oma lo, novi. Here he quotes the Tosefa. Oma, he says, Lo, novi. I'm not, I'm not a prophet. It doesn't flow that way. But, Elokach anima kabel. Im shkurat filasi bepi. If the prayer is fluent in my mouth, Yodea ani shehu makubal. Vim lavod. Yodea ani shehu maturaf. That's what the Daigal is quoting from the Gemara and Brachos. Shene'emar, as it says, and now he's bringing the proof text in the Gemara. Shene'emar, and the Gemara brings that Posuk in Isaiah as a proof text that Reb Hanina ben Dosa could rely on the fluency of his lips. Bringing the proof text. Bore nifsifotayim. <laughs> he who creates the fruit of the lips. Perush, 
And now he is going to explain to us the Gemara, Perush. What does Rabbi Hanino Bendosa say about the fluency of his prayer? And he takes us deep. The Pashtus is, I'm fluent. How do I know I'm fluent? Because Bore Nifsvatayim, God creates fluency. So if God created fluent and I'm fluent, uh, then I know I'm in line with God. Now look what the now look what the Tegel does with this. Perush. Im habore boruchu benifsafatayim. If the Rebonishal Oilam is benifsafatayim, he's actually in the lips. He's incarnated in the lips. Now in Kabbalah, there are two brises. There's the Brit Hamaor, that is the phallus. The Brit Hamaor is the phallus which is the Yesod, which is the sphere of Yesod, right above Malchut. So we have Chesed Gevura Tiferes, Netzach Hod, the right thigh, the left thigh, Yesod, the phallus, and Malchus, which is the introitus to the woman. So the Sephatayim are on either side of the phallus when it enters. That's called the Brit HaMaor. There is another Brit in Kabbalah called the Brit Halashon. The Brit Halashon is the upper lip and the lower lip, and the tongue that protrudes is the Brit of the Lashon. So Lashon Hora then has deep connections to the Pagam of the Brit. The Brit between God and Am Yisrael is a Brit of the Lashon. It is a covenantal arrangement. And in Kabbalah, Shmirata Brit, the maintenance of the sanctity of the Brit, is critical for the Brit of the covenant. The two are very deeply connected. And so, Pagamha Brit, the seminal emission and the inappropriate seminal emission, the Pagamha Brit is, features very, very heavily uh, in the Kabbalah, in the Zoya, all the way down to Rabbi Nachman, who gave us the Tikkun Klali, the Ten Psalms, uh, after a seminal emission to fix that. It's called the Tikkun Klali, the general remedy. Because for him, and for the Tikkun Zoya, uh, the Pagam HaBrit is so critical in defiling our Brit HaMaor, our connection with the Divine. With that background... Perush, he goes back, Im habore boruchu benetiv sefataim. And remember, the upper lip and the lower lip is therefore uh, in Kabbalah, Netzach and Hod, and the lip and the tongue itself is Yesod. If God is in the sefataim, Kloima. And now he takes that Kabbalah and brings it down into Hasidus, into the biggest Chiddush of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And that is, im ani mitpalel, if I daven not for myself, be'ad hashchina kavyochol, meaning that she is now in galut. She is the lost princess that's estranged from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is this whole track of shchina consciousness that the Degel, on behalf of his grandfather, the Baal Shem Tov, is reintroducing us to on a personal spiritual path 
not just an esoteric path but that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai introduced us to. The biggest chiddush of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai being that the Torah reflects the Shechina HaKadosha, that the Shechina is a part of the divine and she needs to be taken care of. Now the Daigal and the Baal Shem HaKadosh, his grandfather, bring that down into our Voidus Hashem, into our spiritual journey. So when I am not worried about my own self in the blotter, I, I divert my attention and realize that if I'm in the blotter, I have dragged her down into the blotter. If I'm in my addiction, then she is Dafka with me in the addiction. There's no place that is devoid of her. So the sin isn't that I did a sin. I'm human. The whole thing is a setup. I have a Yetzirah. That's not what the sin is. The sin is only that I dragged the Shechina with me into the blotter. So if I am Mispalel, not for myself, Ba'ad Hashchina, I am being Mispalel for her, Nebuch, look what you've had to come down into. I told you once the story of uh, Rabbi Lau, who was walking with uh, the chief Rabbi Lau, was walking with the Beis Yisrael, the Ger Rebbe, on the Tel Aviv beach. And the Ger Rebbe asked him, so you were there with your brother. His older brother saved him. He said, yeah, I was there. He said, uh, were you by the crematoria? Yeah, I was by the crematoria. Did you see the ovens? Yeah, I saw the ovens. Did you see the smoke? Yeah, I saw the smoke. And then he said to him, did you see the Heilige Bashefa in the smoke? Did you see the Shechina go up in smoke with the, with the Kindelach? He didn't answer him. That's what he's talking about here. That the Shechina is with us at all times. There is letatar panomine. So then the, our avoider is not, oi, tzabrochen, tzakrochen, tzahagat, look at me, look at my sin. That's, that's the Protestant Litvish talk. It is about the Shechina. So I have to daven mitpalel ba'ad hashchina kibyochol. And if I do that, yodea ani l'shon yichud. Then somehow I, yodea, that doesn't mean intellectual knowledge. That is knowledge in the body, like v'ha'odom yoda et chava ishto. It was the biblical knowing the deepest experience of one human being to another is to be inside them and to feel them inside you. That is the deepest connection called Das in Biblical Hebrew. Yodea ani l'shon yichud. Then I know azai nase yichud So that's the first half of that posuk that he's parsing. That it's not just about being fluent. The being fluent, he takes it hyper-literally. Bore nifsepatayim. The, the literal translation is, God creates the fruit of the lips. No. Bore, the ribonish the shechina, nifsepatayim is in my lips. Meaning, I have made a yichud between the upper lip and the lower lip. I don't want to go into the Kabbalah, but there is a yichud that occurs between Yesod and Malchus. That's the sexual copulation. 
But if I'm able to successfully not focus on that, but focus on the level above, which is Tiferes, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then the Yesod actually makes the connection between Tiferes and Malchus, which is the Hieros Gamas, the sacred union of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina. Azai Nase Yichud, Ba'azu Mekubal. He's reinterpreting the whole Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa concept of Shkurab of Piv, the idea of a Navi or Niv Sefataim being not just fluency, but actually creating divine copulation. Then he comes to the next, as Shalom Lerachok Velakarov, as it says in the Zoyar, Tov Shochen Korov, Bechinus Yesod, the Tov of a good neighbor, the neighbor to Malchus, the, the masculine phallus, a good neighbor, that's Yesod. Me'ach rachok, meaning a brother that is close, a, a, a neighbor who is not related to me, who is close to me as a friend, is better than a, 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 dist, a, a brother who's even closer genetically, but lives far away, right? That's a posuk in Mishlei. Tov shachein karov me'ach rachok. That rachok is Shehu Bechinus Tiferes. So the karov is the yesod next to the malchus. That is better than something that's far away. Tiferes to malchus. That's got a long way to go. He says, by making this incarnated prayer, meaning I've made this yichud between the divine. What have I done? I've made shalom l'rachok v'lakarov. I've made it all one unification of Tiferes and Malchus, even though they were far apart. The Rabboni Shlolem and the lost princess were far apart. Shenase yichud v'shalom b'en yesod v'tiferes, shehem b'chinus rochav v'karov. And now comes the promise of the Dago. And the promise is the last verse of the Pasuk in Isaiah. Omar Adonai Urafatif, saith the Lord, I will heal him. Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa says, if it's fluent in my lips, he will be healed. Here the Daigal says, Hainu Shemimela Nimshak Game Love Harafua. You haven't been worried about yourself. You're in the blotter. We're sitting here a week and a half after this horrific tragedy. There is no deeper blotter than being by Rabbi Shimon, by Yochai, by his Hilula. And he's telling us about the Shechina, and that's his big Chiddush in Torah. And to have this tragedy, we're broken. We need a healing. He says, don't think about your own suffering. Don't think about your own pettiness and your own grief. Worry about her, how she is suffering. Then, Mimela nimshach gam elav harafua. Don't worry. If the Tiferes is connected with Malchus, then all the Shefa comes down automatically. You'll be taken care of. You'll be taken care of. It's such a radical Torah. It's a way of looking at the tragedies of life and everything that is negative, the dark side, and the Daigal is telling us a different spiritual path. He's diff telling us something very profound about the divine. That we as Jews are a Merkova for the Shechina. We are a chariot, meaning that we suffer for the Shechina. And 
I want to end just with Chasam uh, Soifer on this parsha. That if I hadn't told you it was a Chasam Soifer, you would think he's a Hasidish Rebbe. And he said, Ushmatem mitzvosai ani Adonai v'nikdashti petoch b'nei Yisrael. He says, Yesh ahava shehi talui There is love that is dependent on it. And batel dava batla ava. And if the love goes, if, 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 the, if the thing goes away, then the love goes away. I married someone for his money. And now he's poor. So the money went away. So my love went away. She'enu talui badavo e'enu batla. But if, if, it's, if it is an unconditional love, then it doesn't matter what happens through the vicissitudes of life, the love remains. Kagon, if I tell you David loves Jonathan, King David, before he was King David, when he was a gangster, a roving a bandit, and he loved Jonathan, that's talui badava. Why? Jonathan is part of the kingship, right? He's in line for the throne, belongs to the royal family. And you're a gangster, so I have, I'm no gayer, right? I'm sucking up to the general because I know I'm going to get my promotion. So I'm sucking up to him. That's talui badavar. My friendship is talui on that. And Jonathan, his love for David is eno talui badavar. Why? <laughs> He's an oisvar. I just love him because of who he is. That's not talui badavar. So Nimza. So David's love for Jonathan is conditional. The Jonathan Oavo, but Jonathan's love for David is unconditional. Now you just got through saying if it's unconditional, it's everlasting. So how is it going to go if one of them is conditional and one of them is not? Shehare Avat Jonathan Eno Taloi Badava. So therefore Avat David Lo Eno Batla. It leaks. Be, this is of some sofer. Because Jonathan's love is unconditional, it influences David to the point where his love too becomes unconditional. It's an amazing psychological insight. And now he says, let's look at the Am Yisrael and the Divine. And I'll stop there. It's not totally on him. Afalpi, even though Shehu Elokeinu, yep, he's our God. Mashgiach Umani Goisonu, yep, he's supposed to lead us and take care of us through Golos. Uma Arich, Mikol Mokom, ain't Avodisenu Talui Bedovaze. The Chasam Sofer is saying this in the middle of Europe in the 1800s. He says, Our love for him is not dependent on the fact that he's Mashgiach us and he is our God. And then he says something so radical, I fell off my chair. He says, Let's say you were to tell me, guys, for the last 2,000 years, you've been pilloried around Galut from one nation to the other. And you know, it turns out, I just want to let you know, a la Spinoza, that God is just the prime mover. He incarnates everything. He has no specific hashgacha for us. The Heilige Chassam Sofer says, and nevertheless, even if we knew that fact, 
we would still do the Torah and mitzvahs, and we would still love him and give up our souls to him. That says in the beginning of the Balatanya, he also says, even a Yid has no mitzvahs whatsoever, but you see when the pogroms come and the Cossacks come, they're willing to give up their souls for the Rabboni Shloim. And we saw, of course, in the Shoah. Umishum hacha. Now you're telling me Am Yisrael's love for the divine is not taluya in anything. Oh, umishum hacha kadosh baruch hu It is that reason that God loves us above all the other nations. It's a dazzling idea. His love for us isn't because if you keep my commandments, you will be an Am Segula. That's what it says of Ahoyim Shemala. And right after the Exodus 19, after the Ten Commandments. If you keep my commandments, and you're, then you will be Am Segula. You will be a special nature. It's all conditional. The whole of Devarim is conditional. No. He says, Umishum Hacha, the Chassam Sofer says, it's because having been through 2,000 years of Golas and suffering, we still keep to this Torah and Masoira and the mitzvahs. And we still love him. It's obviously unconditional. And it's because of that, like David and Jonathan, that he's forced as well to give up his conditionality and love us back. And that is why the love of the Shechina for Klal Yisrael is forever and never batal. Wow, an amazing Chassam Sofer. We should also come to that Madrega. We should all learn that uh, this coming weekend that we are preparing for the last week, we just finished last night, Malchus of Yesod, the completion of that Yesod, which connects to this week, which is Malchus, that we should all come into Shavuos together. And I hope to see you next Sunday on Erev Shavuos so we can all prepare each other. Have a wonderful week.